My name is Ben Lafort, and I am the host of the Making of a Millionaire podcast, where each episode we are going to be discussing a new personal finance concept, and I'm going to discuss how that concept can help improve your life. So if you're ready to get going, let's start the show. Hey guys, today I am going to be sharing with you my debt story, uh, how I got into debt, what it was like living with that debt, and how I eventually paid off my $50,000 worth of debt. Let's start from the beginning and kind of paint the picture of how I found myself in $50,000 in debt because it was a bit of a surprise. Um, I guess it's usually a surprise for most people. Most people don't expect to be $50,000 in debt in their early 20s. Um, but so growing up, you know, I had a, a great life. Um, my family made good money. Both my parents were real estate agents, which was pretty cool. Um, got me kind of an early bug for, for real estate and kind of loving, uh, the idea of owning real estate, growing up at open houses and all that kind of stuff. Um, they sold a lot of houses. Uh, they were good real estate agents. They made a lot of good money. Um, they didn't save a lot of money. Uh, they weren't great with handling the money they made. And when the financial crisis hit in 2008, it wasn't a great time uh, to have your entire household income uh, tied up in the sale of real estate when the global real estate market was collapsing and to have no savings and to be over leveraged and to essentially have to uh, declare bankruptcy. So I was in uh, my second year of university when all this was happening, and the plan was that you know I would cover some of the costs of uh, rent and tuition, but my parents would be helping me with a, a good chunk of it. Um, when the when the financial crisis hit and they, the money began to quickly dry up, uh, those those plans were forced to change. Um, and all of a sudden, I was kind of on the fly having to kind of dig deep into, into debt. Uh, so I got out uh, two student lines of credit because the sad irony of, of what happened was <clears throat> in Canada, where I'm from, uh, there, there is government student loans, which are very preferable. Like you don't have to start making payments until you graduate. The interest rates can be deductible from your income. It's pretty sweet deal. However, to be eligible um, when you're a student and you're, you know, uh, in your 19 or 20, um, it's based off of your family's uh, net income from the year prior. So the problem was <clears throat> the year prior, my parents sold a lot of houses and, and made a lot of money. Um, they didn't hold on to any of it. And then in, in 08, 09, they did not sell a lot of houses and did not make a lot of money. But since the income test was based off the prior year uh, family income, which was high, I was ineligible, even though the family had no money and was, was declaring bankruptcy. So it was a cruel bit of irony. I couldn't um, be eligible for the government student loans. So I was forced to get out private uh, student lines of credit from a bank, actually two banks. Um, and... So it's basically the opposite. A personal line of credit is essentially the opposite of, of the student loan that I described. 
Um, whereas with a student loan, I could have deferred payments till graduation. Interest was deductible. Interest was low. On the bank uh, line of credit, the interest rate was high and I had to start making payments immediately. As soon as I started borrowing the money, which was immediately, I needed to start making payments on what I had borrowed. So I was in school trying to make the minimum payments on the loans while covering, trying to cover rent and um, cover tuition and all that. So, you know, I had part-time jobs while I was in uh, studying. But it was too much, obviously, to cover on a minimum wage job. Um, had the odd side hustle here and there, but for the most part, was digging deep into debt to be able to pay for a lot of this stuff. So by the time I uh, graduated uh, undergrad with an economics degree, it was right into the bottom of the uh, financial market. And I don't know if you recall what the atmosphere was like in around 2009, 2010, it was not a great time to be uh, an economist with no experience and no money and no job prospects. Um, not a lot of people were lining up to hire me at the time. Um, there was still a huge amount of uncertainty of, of what was going to happen in the future. Um, so I was uh, basically forced to take the old summer jobs I had um, at uh, during summertime university and through high school. Uh, doing maintenance. I uh, grew up on the east coast of Canada and I worked at a uh, yacht club. I was actually someone who who drove. I was the ferry. So I was or sorry, the tender. So I uh, drove uh, rich people to their yachts in a little Zodiac boat. It's actually a pretty, pretty cool job, but not what I went into $50,000 of debt to be doing. So I did that for a while and then I got a job in financial services, selling life insurance. Miserable job. I uh, hated it. Um, and then eventually I uh, got funding to do my master's degree, which was a, a big deal at the time because I was making an, uh, about $35,000 a year um, selling insurance, freaking hated it, uh, but it was the only job I could get. Um, and I was appreciative for every penny I had because my family was still struggling financially. I had all this debt. I just needed money coming in. So it was a big deal to... Uh, make that decision to go do my master's in economics and finance. And, and I did make that decision because I was able to get funding to basically pay the whole way. So the opportunity was uh, too big to, to pass up. And I'm glad I did because in retrospect, um, really the, the biggest investment you can ever make is in yourself. And if that sounds cliche, that's fine. But let me back it up with some... Uh, how an economist would explain why uh, the best investment you can ever make in yourself. The largest asset you'll ever have in your life, and I'll talk about this in, in detail in other podcasts, the largest asset you're ever going to have in your life is called your human capital, meaning your ability to earn income um, in the marketplace, either through the work you do or a business you run. Your ability to earn income is the greatest investment you will ever have. Um, if you doubt that, just consider that unless you uh, are inheriting money, the only way you're going to get any investments is through the money that you earn through your human capital. So there is no financial capital without human capital. And doing my master's degree in, in economics, the, the difference between a bachelor's in economics and, and a graduate degree in economics is massive in the job market. So again, I was working a job I hated for about 35 grand a year. 
Um, by the time I finished my master's degree, I, I was able to nearly double my income um, at a, a great job working in public policy, uh, full benefits, full defined benefit pension, the whole nine yards. So uh, once I graduated, by the time though I actually got through grad school, I had about $50,000 of student lines of credit accumulated. And to make it worse, I had been making payments, minimum, minimum payments on those lines of credit for about five years. So I was... I was ready to get rid of these freaking lines of credit. I hated this these debts and the amount of times I missed payments, had penalty interest applied, had people from the bank calling me over the years over these goddamn lines of credit. <laughs> I, I was just sick of it, ready to be done with it. So here's what I did. So let's talk about two aspects of paying off debt. I've kind of set up the table here, right? How we fell into debt, what it was like living in debt was awful. Let's now talk about the fun part, which is getting rid of that debt. So there was there was two uh, decisions that I, that I made um, to quickly pay off that debt. Number one, and this was more important than number two, but number one was to, I just graduated grad school, so my decision was to continue living like a student, um, meaning I uh, kept my, uh, still lived with my roommates uh, from grad school. Uh, we lived above the health food store. Our apartment was so crappy that you could put a tennis ball um, at the front door and it would roll to the other end of the apartment because the, the apartment was so slanted. Uh, my my uh, bedroom was about the size of a large walk-in closet. I had a mattress in the corner without bed frames. It was, it was uh, student living to the max. Uh, but... Why, so why would I keep doing that? I had a nice job now, making good money, a retirement plan. Uh, a lot of other people might have went and got themselves a, at least a nice bachelor apartment, um, you know, with, with decent amenities. But nope, I kept living in a health food store because the rent was $300 per month. Um, you know, making over $60,000 uh, per year at this point and having a $300 per month rent, that helped. I mean, nothing helped more than that. Um, you know, any personal finance issue, any savings equation, it comes down to two variables, the money you have coming in and the money you have going out. And if you can have uh, $300 per month to cover your housing costs, your, typically your largest living expense in life, and you got a fair chunk of money coming in, you're going to be able to save a lot of money. So um, in addition to living at that crappy apartment, kept eating the old rice and beans diet. Uh, I had to have a car for work, but um, my work travel, I was reimbursed for kilometers uh, and uh, travel expenses. So that covered most of the car expense because I got a junker of a car. This was 2013, and I had a 2001 um, oh, a Chrysler Neon is what it was. A purple Chrysler Neon with a little dent in the front. I picked that baby up for about two grand, I think. Paid for it uh, in cash, and, and away we go. A little bit for insurance. Uh, work covered my gas um, and the insurance, really. Um, so... The, the transportation cost was basically down to, to near zero. Not zero, but not much more than if I were to get a bus pass. Food, again, on, on the rice and beans diet, never went out to eat, never went out for vacations, never, uh, I was the cheap cheapest date you could find in town at the time. 
Um, so just continue living that student life. And that allowed me to take all the extra money from my paycheck and pour it against the debt. So that was the most important part because it allowed me to have the money to pay against the debt. The second thing I did was pick a debt repayment strategy. So there are two tried and true uh, debt repayment strategies, the snowball method and the avalanche method. Now the snowball method is where basically you line up all of your debts uh, and from the loan with the lowest balance to the loan with the highest balance. And you make the minimum payments on, on all of your debts except for that debt that has the lowest uh, balance. And you put all of your extra money against paying off that loan with the smallest balance. And in that way, you are able to get a quick win. You pay off a loan quickly and you kind of get a little boost psychologically like, oh, wow, I just cleared uh, a credit card or I, I just cleared that loan or I paid off my car, whatever it might be. Being able to say this debt is down to zero and I'm closing out this account is a pretty freaking awesome feeling, I, I do admit. But I picked the other method, which is the avalanche method. Now, the avalanche method, I mentioned I was, uh, my background's in economics, um, and this would definitely be the economist's uh, preference between the snowball and the avalanche. Because the avalanche says, okay, you line up all of your debts in order of interest rate starting with the uh, debt that has the highest interest rate and then in descending order from there. And you, you make all your minimum payments on all of your debts except for that one that has the highest interest rate. And you pour all of your additional money against that loan with the highest interest rate. Because if you do that, if you pay off your debts in order of interest rate, once you clear that loan with the highest interest rate, um, that was obviously what was um, you were paying the most in interest with, with, uh, from. So by doing this, you're actually going to minimize the amount of interest that you pay over the course of paying off your debts. So I picked the avalanche method. If you're listening to this and you're deciding, oh, which method should I choose? Snowball, avalanche. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter which of these two methods you pick. Both are pretty viable options, and unless you have uh, a particular loan that has just an insane interest rate, it's not going to probably make a massive difference in, in most cases in terms of the amount of interest you pay. What's more important is that you pick the strategy that you can stick with, and you stay the course and you don't flip-flop along the way. So whichever one you choose, Snowball, Avalanche, that's less important than just getting excited about one of the two debt repayment methods, and then focusing more on item number one, which I discussed, which was finding ways to free up more cash to throw at your debt. Because even if you don't have any kind of strategy, you're just paying it off willy-nilly, the most important thing is that you have available cash to, to toss against that, that debt. Uh, so, that's going to involve, um, you know, the, what I call the two levers of financial independence. And, and uh, you're going to hear me talk about this all the time. Lever one is saving more of the money you already have. So that would involve, um, you know, you're, you're still making whatever you make from your paycheck, but finding ways to cut out spending, whether it be your housing costs, your food costs, transportation, cutting back on vacations, whatever it might be, finding a way to spend less money and save more of the money you already make. 
the flip side of that would be uh, to maintain your living expenses where they are and make more money. Pick up a side hustle. Uh, maybe if you can find a way to get a promotion at work, picking up a second job, starting a side business. Any way to increase your income while maintaining your expenses is also going to allow you to have more cash flow. Which method you choose, you could choose both. Whichever one you choose between that of, of saving more or making more, that's up to you. Each has their opportunity costs. Uh, if you're going to save more of the money you, you're already making, you're going to have to make some sacrifice on your lifestyle. That might mean giving up Netflix or not going on vacation this year. And if you're going to go to try to make more money, that's going to be an investment of your time. So you just have to look at your life right now and decide which opportunity cost am I willing to pay. Anyway, I'm just going to do it for me today, guys. So I just really wanted to, uh, the take home here today is whichever method between the avalanche and the snowball, it doesn't make that big a difference. Pick a method you can stick with and really focus big time. Once you pick your method of snowball or avalanche, put all of your energy going forward into freeing up that cash flow cutting your expenses, finding more ways to make um, more money, and that's going to free up a lot more cash to accelerate your timeline to being debt-free. And we hope you guys are enjoying uh, the podcasts. Um, if you are, um, there's a link to the Financial Mentor Program below. Obviously, you are in it if you're listening to this podcast, but share it with a friend that you think would benefit from being in this program, and I will talk to you guys again next time. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered financial or legal advice. Not all information will be accurate. Consult a financial professional before making any major financial decisions.